This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Rewind. 2004. After the release of Frank, Amy was performing non-stop. Her aura needed no validation anymore. Her music resonated with millions of fans who cheered her on as soon as she set foot on stage. The once shy Amy seemed increasingly at ease. On stage, she started interacting with her audience. From the beginning of her shows, she chanted from the stage, hard drugs are for fools. Hard drugs are for fools, and urged the audience to join in. Amy, an advocate against hard drugs, better yet, finally an adult and responsible. In his book, My Daughter Amy, Mitch Winehouse mentions Amy's aversion to drugs before falling into the abyss of addiction. He recounts, she categorically refused to have anything to do with them. Blake Fielder Civil changed all of that. It's almost as if, unfortunately, Blake not only re-entered Amy's life, but also pulled her into his own addiction. You're listening to Love Me, Love Me Not. Amy Winehouse and Blake Fielder Civil, episode three, A Double Dependency. At the beginning of 2007, the couple reunited, although it's unclear where or how, and they didn't hold back. On May 21, 2007, Amy Winehouse and Blakefield the Civil got married. Amy felt alive again. She breathed freely once more. Without Blake, she was nothing, nothing more than a young woman in despair, even though she had feelings for Alex Clare. Her father, concerned again, wrote in his manuscript, even when Amy was dating Alex Clare, Blake was never far away. Whether they were together or not, he held a prominent place in her life. The truth is, Amy loved Alex without being in love with him. She was in love with Blake. It seems no one could replace Blake, not even a more stable man who could protect her from all sorts of addictions. 
Regardless, the marriage brought her back into the spotlight. Is the union of Amy Winehouse and Blakefield as civil a sign of maturity and stability for the couple? At the time, Amy's father, though aware of her excessive love for Blake, was convinced she wouldn't fall into drug use. He wrote in his manuscript, I was almost certain at that time that Amy's rejection of hard drugs would eventually influence Blake. If he didn't quit on his own, she would make him. After all, they say hope springs eternal. Unfortunately, Amy eventually succumbed to the trap of hard drugs. Those who believe that marriage is the solution to all problems are naive, especially when it's far from a romantic ceremony. The wedding took place in the Miami sun, shrouded in secrecy. No romantic photos, no magical tale. Not even the presence of the parents of the bride and groom, no safeguards. Their absence was compensated for with copious amounts of alcohol and various substances. Shooting up and lines of cocaine replaced family speeches. The marriage cemented its connection with Blake and all his demons even further. Amy Winehouse and Blake Fielder Civil were now bound by the ties of marriage and a double dependence on drugs and love. Because yes, Amy was emotionally dependent on Blake. According to the Kojikor Psychological Clinic in Montreal, founded in 1993 by psychologist Dennis Howd, emotional dependence is expressed in excessive emotional or romantic relationships in which one person only exists through the other. This is evident to those close to Amy, who saw her gradually fade behind Blake. On the same website, you can also read, emotionally dependent individuals may be dependent on someone with another addiction, such as drugs, gambling, or alcohol. Most people struggling with emotional dependence are unaware of their own dependency problem. Instead of introspecting on their dissatisfactions, they will constantly seek to soothe their anxieties. This explains Amy's increasing addiction to hard drugs, which she sought to ease the intense emotions she felt during her many conflicts with Blake. It's as if, as her dependency on her partner increases, her dependence on substance followed a similar upward trajectory. Amy doesn't seem to realize it or be concerned. She doesn't see herself growing smaller. She doesn't see her health deteriorating. She only sees Blake with his clear and mischievous gaze. In a letter she would write to him a year later, it would read, I think about you constantly, with every breath, with every heartbeat. The problem is that Amy's heartbeats are increasingly in danger. On the evening of Monday, August 6th, 2007, Amy had her first heart attack in her London apartment at Jeffrey's place. Blake was by her side. As if by reflex, he laid her on her side. Instead of calling for help, he phoned her best friend, Juliet Ashby. It was Juliet who took Amy to the University College Hospital in London an hour later. An hour that could have been her last. 
when Amy was finally in good hands, Blake had vanished. The singer's father visited her the next day and learned that her husband still hadn't come to see her. Not even a phone call. Mitch Winehouse was shocked, disgusted. But as soon as Amy returned home a few hours later, she didn't seem to hold it against him. She loved him. She had just married him. If he had proposed, it was because he wanted what was best for her. Blake must have had a good reason for being absent when she was in the hospital. And it was thanks to him that she was alive. He had saved her. Love is blind. Or rather, emotional dependence is blind. Unknown to her father, Amy contacted Blake as soon as she got out. As if by magic, Blake was back. And soon enough, crack cocaine was flowing through the newlywed's veins once more. During a dinner at a restaurant with his wife and Amy's father, Blake didn't hesitate to schedule a meeting with his dealer. The infernal spiral was once again in motion. Amy and Blake consumed astronomical amounts of drugs, and the singer seemed much less resilient than her partner. She grew weaker day by day, visibly losing weight. Her loved ones feared a new overdose every day. She needed help. Later, when Amy and Blake went to rehab on the island of OC, he told his father-in-law, I'm going with Amy to OC for her own good, but I have no intention of quitting. I enjoy being an addict. Which of the two is more fatal for Amy Winehouse? The drugs or Blake Fielder Civil? If you want to continue supporting us, subscribe to Bababam Plus on Apple Podcasts for uninterrupted listening. Or listen to this message from our partner without whom this podcast couldn't exist. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Amy is making millions. Her work and talent bring in a significant amount of money. Her success keeps growing. She's living her childhood dream. Unfortunately, her money isn't exactly used wisely. Amy Winehouse has serious financial problems. And once again, Blake and the drugs are a big part of it. First of all, it's evident that the couple's excessive drug use is costing them a small fortune and it's primarily Amy's finances that are going up in smoke daily. Plus, Blake keeps demanding more money. He always has an excuse. What's worse, he's isolating her more and more. Her father testifies in his memoirs. I felt that Blake was threatened because Amy was very close to our family. He was upset when she spent time with us and wanted to keep her at a distance. I was aware of what he was trying to do, even if I had no proof. He was too clever. Indeed, Blake is clever, but Amy is primarily very dependent on him. Her self-esteem plummets at lightning speed, and she's willing to do anything to sacrifice herself and submit to her other half. The good moments erase the crises, tears, and arguments. Although drugs have their downsides, when they're both high, they're in another world, their own. A world that belongs only to them 
where nothing bad can happen. Nothing. Or almost nothing. Just a few months after their marriage, Amy discovers that Blake is cheating on her again. One evening, at a glamorous event, her husband disappears for hours with the model Lily Cole. Amy's public outburst changes nothing. Blake leaves the party with Lily, and Amy is left all alone. When Blake reappears three hours later, Amy, likely aided by drugs, has forgotten everything. Denial, as often happens in situations of love addiction, has taken over. Her father writes in his journal, when will she finally see him for who he is? I'm convinced that if she distanced herself from Blake, we could address her drug problems. I don't know what to do anymore. Amy is always ready to forgive him. Amy is risking her life. Amy is squandering her money. Amy is isolating herself from her loved ones. Amy is canceling concert after concert. Amy now lives only for Blake and drugs. A love to the death. Thank you for listening to Love Me, Love Me Not, a Bababam production. The story continues in the next episode. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave comments and ratings on all listening platforms.